Episode 25 with Landon Milbourne on the Nine Point Start With A Dream Podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started With A Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm host always Jacoby Gillum. This episode, we have Landon Milbourne, international basketball player that goes more than just playing the game. He's writing books, he's starting companies with his family. He's helping teach athletes about their tactics and how to be professional athletes overseas. So much of this guy's doing. Like, I don't know, he's not slowing down. Hope you enjoy the journey and let's get to it. So the question I start with everyone to come on is, when you were younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dreams and goals you wanted to achieve? Yeah, so my, my biggest goal growing up was um, I wanted to make it to the highest level, play in the NBA, and then, you know, make a good living off of, off of my talent as a basketball player. And so when you say make it to the highest level and make a living off that, what was like your drive behind that? What was like your motivation to the want to be that person or to kind of have that, that life that we all think of being an athlete? Well, um, most of it comes from my father. Um, my father is a professional basketball player. Um, he's been playing professional basketball since, you know, since I was born. Um, and uh, I, I got a chance to watch him in college when I was a young kid. He had me when he was in high school. My mom had me in high school and they were together. And um, he graduated and went to college and was a star athlete on the team then. So I was young, but still old enough to, to remember going to his games and watching him play. And then I was able to see, you know, how people treated him and how the town treated him and and all that, all that little favoritism and the perks that came with being a star athlete. Um, I got to witness that, and um, through his journey after he graduated college, he went overseas and played ball. And you know, we weren't we weren't we weren't together um, for the most part of our lives because him and my mother weren't married. But um, you know, when he came home in the off season, I spent a lot of time with him in the summer, and you know, I got to see you know all the fun that we had together. And and then when I was around my grandfather growing up, he was a, a a sports fan, a big basketball fan. He always watched the Wizards. He always watched the, the Maryland Terrapins and, um, you know, all the NBA games. And I was there watching with him. So I was able to see kind of kind of two sides of it, um, being able to watch it from a fan's perspective on TV with my grandfather and then actually being a little bit closer to the game with my father, seeing the games and seeing, you know, the kind of a, a bit of the lifestyle that was that came along with it. Even though he wasn't in the NBA, he was still playing at a high level overseas. So, you know, I got to see um, a little bit, a little bit more of that lifestyle when I was a kid. So, I, you know, I wanted to partake in it, and I knew that, you know, the talent was already in me, the gift was already in me because of him. So, I just wanted to to hone in on those skills and see how far I could take it. Awesome, awesome! I love that. So, so kind of like seeing him have that lifestyle when you when you dreamed of you know getting to that point what what did you imagine it would be like before you had it um i just imagined that i would for sure be able to, to to take care of myself and my family financially um i knew i would be able to travel around the world travel around the u.s and and i knew i would be playing on tv i knew that that um a certain level of fame would come with it um and i knew that i would be able to have the opportunity to surpass my father and you know every kid every every son at least you know they always want to 
beat their dad or something. You know, we used to play one-on-one when we was when I was a kid, and he used to beat me. He never really took it easy on me. And, um, you know, I always dreamt of the day that I would beat him fair and square and and, and obviously surpass him um, in, in the career and, and do and do better and reach heights that, you know, maybe he wasn't able to reach. And um, that was kind of like a motivation for me, you know, and uh, and I was able to, to achieve a lot of those goals. At what age did you beat him first? Um, the first time I beat him fair and square was going into my – senior year I mean I'm sorry going into my uh, freshman year at Maryland we trained in the summertime in Virginia um, I have family in, in Virginia and we had a, a setup there where we had a trainer and and we had a gym so I was trained with the trainer like twice a day and my dad was there staying um staying with me and we played one-on-one one day we, we went into the gym we was waiting on the trainer he was running a little bit late so we had the gym, we had the balls, and it was like, you know, let's do it. So my, my, my uncle was there watching us, and we were playing one-on-one, and and I beat him fair and square. And actually, the, the game-winning point was a dunk. I actually dunked on my dad. <laughs> and then after that, we, that was the last time we played one-on-one. So we, we had played one-on-one since. Made a poster? Yeah, <laughs> made him a poster. That's what's up. So when you knew you kind of had – this dream, you wanted to be like your pops. You wanted to kind of have that lifestyle. You wanted to be that that athlete. How did you go about the journey to kind of putting yourself in the position to achieve that goal? Um, well, it was it was kind of it was kind of different for me because, like I said, you know, my my mother and father weren't together, so you know, my mother raised me, and she doesn't really know too much about the business of basketball or what exactly um you know the right moves to make. You know, it's very critical at a young age that you make the right decisions and associate yourself with the right people. Fortunately for me, um, you know, I was always playing pickup. I was always in the parks. And one day there was a, uh, a tryout for the uh, local team in the, in the city that we lived in, in Georgia. And um, I went out for the tryout and I made the team. And one of the coaches there actually uh, happened to be an assistant coach for the AAU team. Um, the Georgia Stars, and I had no idea what AAU was at the time. This was when I was going into the eighth grade. I had, I, you know, I'm coming from where I'm from, Eastern Shore, Maryland. At that time, at that time, AAU wasn't very popular at all, so I had no idea what it was. And he kind of broke it down to me and explained it to me, and told me that we would be traveling a lot. Told me that the team that I would be trying out for was ranked sixth in the nation um, the previous summer. And it kind of like sounded like, you know, the opportunity that I really needed and wanted. Um, so he agreed to uh, take me out to the tryout if my mom would allow me to. She said, yeah. So I went and made that team as well. And um, so from that point is when I really got serious about it and saw that, you know, this could really be something that could take me to where I want to go. You know, I, I was on teammates with guys who were ranked in the top 10 in the nation. And, you know, this, this all this was new to me. I didn't know that they were ranking kids. I didn't know that you could get full scholarships off of AAU games. I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't know anything about traveling and the tournaments that we were playing in. I didn't know anything about the shoes, you know, the Nike and Adidas affiliations with the AAU teams and all the free gear. I, I had no idea. So all this was new to me, and it was great. You know, I, I took advantage of it and really – started training, started being serious about 
training every day and, and working on my game and really, you know, trying to take every tournament serious and um, and show show those scouts that I'm worthy of, of getting a D1 scholarship. So for me, I grew up I grew up with my mom raising agent as well, and I know like like in the sports, she didn't understand how everything works. So for me, when I was like, hey, I want to go to the tournament, I want to go to this camp, she was like, why didn't you go do that? You, you play for your high school team. Was ever that for you? Like your mom was like, why are you doing this? Why you, why you want to go do all that? Yeah, she was she was it was weird because it was kind of like like. You know, because my mom's a single mom, you know, and I have a, a little sister as well. So she was raising us on our own. And, you know, when my father being overseas a lot, um, you know, the, the the father figure that I had that was, um, you know, very close to me was my, my grandfather. And, you know, to him, he's an entrepreneur. And, you know, it's, it's all about work, work, work with him. And, you know, for him, he didn't really understand um, basketball as being like a job you know, kind of something that you need to focus on all day, every day to get better. And in, in the future, you get to see, you know, the results of your hard work. He's like, you know, your mom's a single mom. You know, you need to be spending more time working. You should get a job. You should get a nine to five. You should get, you know, you should you should get some money in and help your mom um, because she's a single mom, you know. So it was it was that coming from him and then from her. It was more so, you know, I want you to I want you to be free and do what you want to do. I want you to uh, go after this opportunity, but I want you to get your education, you know? So she was more so focused on the education, you know? She's like, if basketball can help you get an education, then fine. But as long as you get your education, I, could, I couldn't care less about a basketball career for you, you know? So the whole purpose of us actually moving from the Eastern shore of Maryland to Georgia was to help, you know, make a better, uh, situation for me and my sister and, and my mom as well um to to help us get you know better educated and give us more opportunities and more you know um and broaden our eyes and broaden our our, our barometer for success and um that's what she was focused on so basketball was like you know if that's what, what that's what it's going to take to get you in the school freedom so be it but you know our focus was look whether basketball whether you have basketball or not we're going to get you into college and and that's what it pretty much was with her. So definitely, definitely respect that. So so as, as you're going on the journey, you're doing the AAU. You're, you're kind of getting better as as a best player on and off the court. How how did you start to realize that this dream is coming closer to making become reality when it comes to the offers and just you know realizing that you're playing with some top tier guys and you're and you're owning your own. Yeah. Um. Well, I think it probably came when we actually started AAU. Because to be honest, when I was in uh, middle school, we were playing in the, the local leagues and the school leagues. I was dominating. And at that time, I wasn't training at all. I was just, it was just me, you know, going off of, of you know, playing in the park. And, um, you know, when I was in uh, Maryland, my grandfather, um, you know, he has a lot of land. And he, he put a basketball goal on in the backyard. And I used to play on the back in the backyard by myself. So everything that I knew and all the skills that I had was strictly coming from playing, playing with, on my own in the backyard and just playing in the park with my friends and my dad and stuff. So, um, but I was dominating my peers in the local leagues. But when I went and played in the AAU, I wasn't dominating. I was kind of average. So, you know, you know, for me, just looking at it like, you know, my teammates, I got some teammates that are ranked in the top 10 in the nation and, 
I'm on the same team with these guys. I felt like, you know, it was only a matter of time for me to surpass them. And all I had to do was just keep working hard and, and really just polish up my skills. So um, I made it a point to stick, stay close to the AU coach and stay close to um, the trainers and make sure that I took every opportunity that was there for me to just work out and, and really hone my skills. And after a while, I started noticing that, you know, my, my coaches and people around the organization started favoring me a little bit more. And I started to see um, a lot of the recognition coming from, from high school as well. Um, I started to see more scouts coming to the games in high school. Because um, when you're at AAU and you're playing in tournaments, there's, a, uh, there's scouts, just, you know, the stands are filled with scouts, especially if you're on a good team. But you don't necessarily know who they're looking at, you know. So, But in high school, if you're the best guy on the team and no other player is really, you know, having offers or anything like that, um, and, and then you start to see you start to see college scouts in the, in the stands and guys coming in with polo shirts with the logos on them, then I started to see, okay, these guys are actually – here to, to watch me play. So that's when I really realized, like, okay, this is this is really happening. This is something that's that's going to happen. Now I can really sit back and kind of choose what school I want to go to because it looks like I'm going to have some options pretty soon. And then the letter started to come in. And, you know, the first college letter that I got was from, like, Nebraska or something like that. And it wasn't really a big deal um, to, to my peers, but it was a big deal to me because I'm like, I never, I never had a letter before, but you know, I told my teammates at hey, AAU, and they're like, "Okay, you're like that's one letter, but just, just wait, just wait, just wait till the summer's over, and you'll see how many letters are coming in." I'm like, "Okay." So when the summer was over with, I think it was the summer going into my, to my, um, going into my sophomore year in in, in, uh, in high school, it was like my the mailbox couldn't hold the letters anymore, and it was getting ridiculous to the point where I had like two trash bags full of college letters from all over the country. And and for me, it was like, you know, I'm from Maryland. I grew up watching the Maryland, um, University of Maryland, playing basketball, and I always wanted to go back home. I was always homesick. I always tried to visit home as much as possible. So I was like, you know, if I ever get a letter from the University of Maryland, I'm going. So all those letters that I got, all those trash bags full of letters, I never really, it never really mattered to me once I got past the fact that I was being sought after, it then became like, okay, I want to get to Maryland because I haven't, I haven't received the letter from Maryland yet. That's where I want to go, so I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep working hard until I make that happen. And and, and that from that point, it was just I need to get the attention from from the Maryland scouts, and you know, I just every step, every step along the way just made it made my situation a little bit more serious and a little bit more serious, and made me work that much harder. And I'm kind of glad that they didn't approach me or send me anything early on because, you know, I don't know if, if, if it would have been as motiv motivating for me if I would have got what I wanted early. Um, I'm kind of glad that it happened a little bit later and, and it, helped, it helped push me to that, to that point. I really love that last part. You say you're glad that it didn't come early. So for those listening, what do you mean by that, that you're glad it didn't come early on in your journey? Like imagine like, that first letter was Maryland. How that have changed mm -hmm. your journey? You think? Um, I don't. I'm not sure. Actually, you know, I because when when I finally got what I wanted, I I didn't stop working hard. It was just like a little bit of clarity for me because I knew exactly what I was going into. And a lot of times, 
when you're speaking to um, coaches and you're speaking to scouts, um, they tell you one thing, you know, you know, they tell you different things. You know, some, some teams are looking for certain positions. Some teams are looking for certain type of guys, like a shooter or a stronger guy or a ball handler. And for me, I was like, I was, I had a little bit of everything. I could shoot a little bit. I could dribble a little bit. I could post a little bit. You know, I was energetic. I could run the floor. I could play defense. But there wasn't one thing in particular that I was very, very good at. I was just kind of a good at a little bit of everything. So um, it was just weird because it was like, I don't, you know, it was it was like they're interested because of the, the organization that I'm in with AAU and they've seen the talent. But it was very, it was very important to make sure you go to a school that's going to, that's going to help you at your position and what you want to be and what, and where, and where, you know, where you want to go. And for me, obviously, the big goal was to make it to the NBA. And with my size and my weight and and my talent, it would be, you know, I would be playing at a small forward, like, wing position. But a lot of the times when you're in high school and you're a big guy, they force you to play on the inside. And and even in AAU, I was like a wing, a wing or a four man, you know. So it wasn't like I was getting that that those reps that I needed at the small forward spot. So it was important for me to make sure that I choose the right school that would help me hone the skills that I needed in order to make it to the next level. And and it was like it was just it was just a weird situation, you know what I'm saying? So I had like people around, like coaches and scouts and uh and um, you know, people that were around the Georgia Stars organization and they would tell me this and tell me that and and I would train and I would work on as much as I could. But, you know, if I would have got, if I would have got what I wanted early and they would have told me, if they would have told me, oh, we want to play, you want, we want you to play center. I wanted to go to Maryland so bad. I probably would have just said, okay, I don't need to work on my jumper anymore. I'm just going to play center. You know what I'm saying? Cause I was so young and I wanted that so bad. Who knows what I would have, you know, who knows how I would have took it. And who knows how that conversation would have went. So that's why I say I'm glad that I didn't get it right away because through that period, I was like, I'm just going to work on everything. You know what I'm saying? So whatever they need from me, I'll be able to do because I've been working on everything. And by the time they come and get me, if they tell me that they want me to be a wing or they tell me they want me to play the four, I would have had enough experience and I had enough reps at both of those positions to know that I can do it. You know, so um, – you know, again, if they would have came at me early and just said, you know, how oh, are we looking for a point guard? You know, or, or or we want you to play a position that you're not necessarily good at, but but, but we're going to take you. We're just going to work with you. Like, you know, I might not have been working on, on things that I was working on at the time. So, you know, I'm glad it went the way it went. Um, and and because of that, you know, I was able to get experience and, and do what I'm doing now. And I, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now if I didn't have – um, if I didn't, if I didn't go out there and, and work on all those parts of my game that early, because it's kind of like what I'm doing now. It's what's, what's, what's keeping my career flow, being able to to do multiple things and and play multiple positions. Yeah, that was fire. Like that was that was a lot of good nuggets in that. Just about much like like not being complacent once you get what you want. Very cool. So we're getting these wins, you know, like throughout the dream, you're getting a team coming up to you. People are wanting you there. You're getting wins on, on your high school team. You're getting wins, getting the offers and letters. Now you got Maryland. So you're at Maryland. You're at your, your dream school. You got the turf on your chest. 
what's that feeling like to know that you're one level away from that dream you had when you were a little kid? Well, when I first went there, when I first got there, I was excited because the, the um, they had just won a national championship like two like a two years before I got there, so they were still kind of like on a high from that. And the guys that I was um, replacing, um, you know, they, a lot of those guys were still seniors, so it was like five or six seniors on the team, and and I was an incoming freshman along with a couple other guys, and it was kind of like. Um, they they knew that I wasn't going to necessarily get the opportunity that I wanted because those seniors, you know, they had seniority and a lot of those guys had a lot, a lot of NBA opportunities. So the coach wasn't going to sit them out, you know, to play a freshman, especially because I wasn't like a uh, McDonald's All-American or anything like that. So it was just, it was, it was kind of a weird situation, but it worked out because I was able to, to, to learn a lot. And I was able to practice a lot, improve myself in practice. And um, in the beginning of the season, I got a lot of minutes um, early. And I had actually we, – we played a tournament at Madison Square Garden. Um, and I, I got in the game. We was playing St. John's, and it was on ESPN. And I got in the game kind of like towards the end. And, you know, I was hungry. I was a freshman. I was just waiting on my opportunity. I had been – killing in practice I felt like I was ready to play so I got into the game and I was aggressive and I remember I was I remember I shot a three and I missed it and and I looked at the bench and the coach automatically turned around and was ready to sub me out I don't know why because we were winning and the game was kind of like almost over but I guess it was that 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 short that short rope that coaches have with their freshmen you know, they want to make sure they run the play. They want to make sure they play like a team, you know. So I'm out there, and I'm trying to be aggressive. I shot a three and missed, and I saw him ready to stub me out. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm a, I know I'm about to come out of the game. So now I really got to do something. So I'm running back on defense, and I'm trying to get a stop, trying to get a stop. We ended up getting a stop. And, um, and when I came back, when we came back on offense, I shot another three. I missed it, but my teammate got the rebound, and I just cut down. I cut down the paint. He passed it to me. As soon as I got the ball, I just jumped and I dunked on one of the uh, St. John's players, and it made the top five in the ESPN like that night. So I saw like the whole sequence happen on TV, and I was like, "Dang!" Like coach didn't even see, the coach didn't even see it happen because he had his back turned. He was ready to sub me out. So. When I dunked it, he didn't see, but everybody else saw it, and the whole crowd went crazy. My teammates went crazy. I made the top five on ESPN. Like, that was, like, my first thing as a freshman. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, welcome, you know, welcome to college. Madison Square Garden it was huge for me, you know. And then after that, I didn't get any more clock for the rest of the tournament. So it was like, <laughs> I was cool with that, though. I'm like, oh, I'm a freshman. I got, you know, I, I know I got three years in front of me. I know I got a guy that's going to get drafted to the NBA you know, playing my same position in front of me. So it was cool because I, um, I got to be under his wing and he got to show me the ropes on and off the court. And and he ended up getting drafted. And when he left, you know, I ended up moving into that spot and I had a lot of responsibility from that point forward. But just those little moments that um, that I had as, as a freshman during my, during my freshman year kind of kept me, you know, it kind of kept me happy and it, and it kept me hungry as well.
because I was looking at it like, shoot, if I can make the top five as a freshman off of one play, imagine what I can do when I really get caught, you know. So that's how I always looked at it. I always had a positive um, outlook on everything, no matter what the situation was. I wanted to make the best out of it just because I, I was thankful I had the opportunity and I knew what I was working for and I knew what my goals were. So I didn't, I wasn't down on myself at all. And actually, um, funny story was when, when the season was over and the off season started and everybody was going their several ways. Um, I, I, I called the coach, you know, this was when Gary Williams was at Maryland at the time. I called him and I was like, yo, can I have a meeting with you? And, you know, this around this time, for him, usually, he's looking at it like, okay, I got a freshman guy. He's coming from Oak Hill Academy. You know, he thought he was probably going to get a lot of clock this year. It didn't work out. And and now he's calling me and asking me for a meeting. Automatically, he's thinking I'm going to ask to transfer, to go to another school. This is what he's thinking. So I walk into his office, and I sit down, and he's like, you know, kind of timid about the conversation. Like, you know, break break the news to me. Like, what do you, you know, what, what, what are we here for? And I just told him, like, yo, I want to play next year. Like, I want to do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm starting and I get all the clock I need to get, and I want to be one of the main guys that you look to to help this team win. Tell me what I got to do. And he was just caught completely off guard because he was expecting a totally different conversation. And from that point, I think he, he gained a lot of respect for me because he thought I was ready to give up and he thought I was ready to move on. But, you know, I flipped the script on him and came at him from a whole different angle. And from that point, he was like, you know, I can depend on this guy. And I kind of gained, I kind of gained captain status at that point. And I was able to, I was able to, to, to be a team captain for, for two out of three years I was at Maryland. Like what helped you kind of develop that mentality? Kind of the, the, the not, you know, settle down and the not, only take to take what's offered to you kind of like say I want to be more um I think it probably comes from my mother to be honest um because I you know I'm, I'm I'm a quiet guy you know but I observe a lot and growing up watching her um we moved around a lot as as when I was a kid I think I was probably in a different house a different city different state like every single year all the way up until I was in the ninth grade in high school. Um, we moved a lot just because my mom was always trying to find a good situation for us. And the places that we went to were great. Obviously, people were there and people were settled and people had been in those places for years and decades. But for my mom, she was like, nah, this is not enough. You know, we'll get to one place and everything will be cool. And she's like, nah, this is just a stepping stone. And I would get settled and I would find friends and I would get comfortable. She's you know, all right, we're packing up, we're moving again. You know what I'm saying? But every, t- every single time we moved, it was an upgrade, right? So I would always look at that and I always saw that. Um, and, I, and I just, you know, I noticed, like, you know, my mom, she's not settling. You know, she's always looking for better opportunities, a better situation for me and my sister and for her. And, and it just turned out, it turned out, good for us because you know we all made it to, to points in our lives where we can say that we made the right decisions so I think I developed that from her and just growing up like that and always knowing that there's always something better and plus what you know when we moved to better situations and better locations I started to meet friends who come from affluent backgrounds and have you know family members or, 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 or family or 
fathers and, and and mothers who were millionaires and had mansions and things like that. Like I were I was around these people, so I always knew that there was more out there, and I always knew that there was more out there for people who looked like me. So that was a lot of motivation for me, just knowing that no matter what I have in front of me, there's always something that I can do to help better my situation. So I never I never settled with any with anything that I have or anything that I was given. Um, I always wanted more. I always wanted to, to push things to the limit just to see how far I can go. I love it, man. I, I think, like, I don't know, I really even hear, like, the hunger you kind of just had, like, just from day one. You were like, this is my goal. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure I'm achieving this goal because this is what I want to do. Yeah. So so once you're here at Maryland, you're in the next few seasons, you have an opportunity to go pro. How did that look for you? Mm-hmm. How was that that journey like the the next phase of your chapter? Well, to be honest, it was kind of tough. Um, I came out of Maryland, and I didn't really have that much NBA. Uh, I didn't have that notice from the NBA that uh, that I that I wanted that I expected. But I stayed optimistic through it all. Um, you know, the struggle that I had at in the beginning was finding an agent. Um, I had agents approaching me and trying to, you know, talk to me and pretty much tell me everything I wanted to hear. Um, my father was actually – my father actually retired from basketball so that he could help with this whole uh, process. And um, we met with a lot of agents. And some of them, you know, said that I had a lot of NBA looks. And then some of them was like, you don't really have any, but if you sign with me, I can get you here to the – so, you know, we were just trying to weigh our options, and I ended up going with an agent that I felt comfortable with. And, you know, he was able to get me a lot of looks. Um, I think I had like seven or eight workouts with different NBA teams. Um, I was training the whole summer. Um, I felt like all of my workouts were good, except probably the, the first one I did, and that was just because it, like, it was my first one. And luckily that team wasn't very interested in me. It was just kind of like, oh, I went to Maryland. So obviously the Washington Wizards are going to give me a look just because I went to Maryland, but they weren't really interested in me um, as far as like drafting me. So I went and it was a good experience. And from that, I learned, you know, exactly what I need to be ready for. So when I went on the other, um, when I went on the other tryouts, um, they all went well. They all went well. My agent, you know, told me that he got great feedback from everybody, but nobody was really, um, nobody was really biting as far as trying to draft me or, or trying to bring me out for another workout. So I didn't have that type of situation. So it was kind of like I can hope and pray for for a draft spot, but I, you know, I, I knew that it was kind of like far fetched at that point. But I didn't stop working. I just knew that for me, it was like well. If you shoot for the, you know, you shoot for the stars and land on the moon. My father played overseas and played basketball overseas for decades, and he went to a D3 school and was top leading scorer. He still, I think, he still holds the record for leading scorer in D3, and he made it overseas and had a lengthy career and actually, actually retired to see me play my last year in college. And then after I graduated, he went back to finish his career overseas. So it was like I always knew that okay, I could always go play overseas but I want to go play in the NBA. So I, I got to figure this out and, and do what I need to do in order to get myself that opportunity. So I didn't get drafted and I ended up getting a spot with the Hawks to go to the summer league. So that was like another chance. And when I got to the summer league, it was terrible for me. I didn't get any clock there. 
it was totally different system than I was used to in college. It was very hard for me to adjust, and it just wasn't a good look. And I didn't get the opportunity that I wanted through that. So from that point, the way they broke it down to me was um, you can go to the D League and stick around, and then if you are stand out in the D League, then you might possibly be able to get a spot in the NBA. Um, but if not, then you're going to be stuck here. This is how much D League players make, you know, and this is what it is. And then, if, and then we also have some opportunities for you overseas. And, you know, this is how it's going to go over there. And this is how much you're going to make if you go there. And this is the upside here and the upside here. So what do you want to do? So for me, I was like, man, I'll just go overseas. I'll go overseas and see what happens there. And if I have a good season and I get a good deal next year overseas, I'll compare that to me going to summer league and trying again um, with the NBA. And we'll we'll make the best decision then. So that's what I did, and um and I went overseas. I went to France my first year, and I had a, a great a great season there. Um, a team that was just that had just moved up from the third division, um, wasn't expected to make playoffs or anything. We ended up making making the playoffs. I led the team in scoring, and um you know we 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 made it to the to the first round of playoffs. It did way more than expected, and I was able to triple my triple my contract. Uh, money-wise um, the next year and I had that on the table and then um, and then I had some opportunities for different teams in the NBA for summer league on the table as well and I just weighed my options and decided that I didn't want to chase it I didn't want to chase it I wanted I wanted to do well overseas and see if I could make an opportunity to where I could get some type of guarantee um, in the NBA if they really wanted me um, because I didn't want to chance it I had a deal on the table and if I if I turned that down to go chase the NBA and didn't make it, then I would be stuck in the D League, and I, that's something that I just didn't want to do. I just wanted to avoid that. So, um, you know, that's that's just how it went. Totally respect that. Uh, so for you, like having your dad have that experience as well, what was maybe his advice or maybe or his thoughts on you going overseas, or did he share anything like that at all? Um, um my dad, uh, he he was. To be honest, I think he might have been kind of disappointed because um, he he wanted more for me as well, and he had already done that. You know, he's like, I already played overseas for ten years. I know what it is, and I want better for you. You know, so I, my goal was to make it to the NBA. NBA. His goal for me was for me to make it to the NBA, and you know, I, I think he did what what he could do to help guide me and 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 lead me in the right direction, and. You know, I, I don't really want to say that it was bad decisions on my part as far as, like, the school that I went to or, you know, sticking with a situation that I could have probably, you know, made a better decision on or, or you know, it could have, you know, you can point the finger at anything. But at the end of the day, I always look at it like, you know, my journey is my journey and I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be for a reason. It's just a matter of me figuring out why, you know, so – um, I think he was kind of disappointed as, as, as I was, um, not getting drafted and for me to make that decision to come back overseas and not pursue the NBA again, I'm pretty sure he might've been, um, upset about that as well. But at the end of the day, it's my career and I got to make the decisions that, you know, that, that I feel suit me. And, um, and, you know, he supported me through it all and my mother supported me as well. So, um, you know, it is what it is. And, and I'm, and I'm here and I'm still playing and I'm, and I'm doing, I'm having a great career. So.
so for anyone listening that you know have the NBA dream, and you know, but they don't they don't even know about the overseas life. How, so how is it different? Like besides maybe like is, is the lifestyle different? Is it just the money? Like like what makes overseas a different beast in the NBA? Well, it's totally different because you know if you're coming from a, a high level D one school, you, you get top of the line treatment. You know, you get top of the line trainers, top of the line coaches, facilities. Um, your traveling is A1. You know, we were traveling. We were chartering planes. You know what I'm saying? We would get gear whenever we wanted. Um, you know, we per diem, all that. You know, so it was like a total, a totally different scenario when you're overseas, especially for me, my first couple of years. Um, there's no more charter planes. There's no more, you know, there's no more top of the line training and treatment. You know, it's, you know, the coaching is, is, is okay, but it's not like pro-renowned coaches like, you know, Hall of Fame coaches like Gary Williams. You know, these guys, some some of these coaches are are um, coming from backgrounds that have nothing to do with basketball, and they just kind of learn it from a book. You know what I'm saying? And and it's just totally different. The facilities, not top of the line. You know, some of these, some of these places that we play in are, are like, will be considered high school gyms back home. Um, you know, talking about going from somewhere that's a, a gym that can seat 30,000 people to a gym that can seat maybe 1,500, you know. So it's 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 different because it's, it's, it's a bit of a downgrade. But if you think about it, the money and, and the compensation that you get as a player, it um, it, it supersedes any, any negative uh, or, or uh, drop-off that, that can happen from, you know, the facilities and coaching and all that other stuff. So... It's like, you know, you can complain about all these different things. And then when you get your check, it's like, well, I wouldn't get no check in college. You know what I'm saying? And then some of these guys in the NBA are making less than a lot of these guys that are making overseas. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like, you know, what are you really in it for? You know, are you in it to be a professional basketball player and make a living off of your game? Or are you in it for all the perks? You know, for me, I was like, it's cool to, to do the charter thing and do all that. But I didn't really care too much about that stuff. It was cool. I did it, you know impressive but for the most part just put me on the court give me a ball and let me do what I do and then you know when my job is done give my check and I'm good you know what I'm saying so that's how that's the the, that's the mentality that you kind of have to develop when you get over there um but in the beginning it's tough to make that transition and you know I and that's just speaking for me coming from Maryland a lot of guys didn't go to Maryland some of the guys went to lower lower, like mid-major schools or D2 or D3 schools and they didn't have all the perks that I had, so making the transition for them might not be as hard as it was for me, you know. So, but luckily for me, I was able to go overseas to stay with my dad for a week when he was playing in Finland, and I was in high school, so I got to see hands-on. Like I was there, and I saw how he was living, the apartment they gave him, the car that he was driving, the gym that he was working out in, the gym that he played in. I went to a road game. I went to a home game. I saw how they traveled. I saw the gear that they got. I saw I saw everything. I went to the grocery store, the shoe store. I, I went out to the club. I did all of that, you know, so I already knew exactly what I was getting into before I went, and I was lucky to have that. Most players have absolutely no idea what they're getting into, and it's just like a smack in the face as soon as they get off the plane. So for me, the transition wasn't as hard at all, really. Um, and, and, and then beside the fact that I traveled so much when I was growing up, you know, just moving around um, with my family and, um, you know, doing 
doing different things like vacation with my family and just going out of the country and doing things like that, I was always able to adapt to uh, different environments anyway. So um, I think I kind of think that overseas lifestyle kind of suited me a little bit. I felt like I was kind of trained for it um, because I was ready for it when, when, I, when I decided to make that make that move. And it wasn't like I was super homesick when I got there. It was kind of peaceful. And it was like, you know, all I have to worry about is basketball at the end of the day. And it worked out. You know, I had a great, I had a great rookie year. A lot, of, a lot of guys have a tough time making that transition and don't play as well because of it. Some players even quit because they can't do it. You know, it's just they, they, they get homesick. You know, nobody's there with them. The language barrier is tough. Food is different. Guys get sick. Coach can't handle the coach. Practice too hard. It's a lot of things that could go wrong. Um, but for me, it was just like, man, I'm just playing ball. I've seen all this stuff already. I'm good. You know, as long as my money's on time, I don't got nothing to worry about. And that's pretty much the situation that I was in, and it worked out for me. Dude, like, you're giving a, a new kind of perspective on how the journey on how the journey looks on different aspects of the you know, overseas and what life is like. So, so with you, we go back to when we first started talking. It was about being able to play ball and take care of your family. So, mm-hmm. so, so when you're overseas now, how did that look? I know you started you started a few businesses as well. So how did you kind of kind of kind of have that mindset? Okay, I want to ball, but also make something outside of the court. Um. Well, to be honest, I was just you know, like I said, my my grandfather's an entrepreneur, my mother's an entrepreneur, and growing up with them they always taught me different skills. You know what I'm saying? Like my mother, she does hair. She taught me how to cut hair. You know what I'm saying? So she taught me how to cut hair. My grandfather kind of taught me how to work on cars. And, you know, he taught me how to cut grass when I was a kid. And, like, I just developed a whole lot of skills that would allow me to, to, to make my own job if I wanted to. I had options. I didn't necessarily have to choose basketball as a route, but I knew that, that was already in me and that was a passion for me. So I went after it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I should give up on, um, or, 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 uh, forget about all the skills that I developed along the way. So to be honest with you, when I was in high school, I was, um, I was working on music. I was making beats. Um, and I was, I was trying to sell beats when I was in high school. Um, I was always hustling trying to, um, sell CDs doing a DJ thing. I used to make mixtapes and sell CDs when I was in high school and middle school. Um, I used to cut hair. I used to cut my teammates' hair and my friends' hair when I was in high school. When I went to Oak Hill Academy, I set up my own little barbershop. And, you know, in Oak Hill, you can't really leave campus unless you're playing, unless you're playing ball like us. We were the only one that, ones that could really leave campus like that. So most of the kids couldn't leave. And it was a lot of black kids at the school, and they just couldn't get a haircut like that. So when I came, I set up my barbershop. I was cutting hair there, charging for that. And so I was always doing little little stuff like that. And I always knew that eventually when I got the money, um, I, would, I would be able to create a, a different business or different businesses based on the skills that I had. Um, but it was just difficult when you're playing overseas because you're not home. So it's like, you know, you're only home in the summer. So it's kind of hard to get established, something like that. So you really got to be strategic about having partnerships and um, and um, doing business with other people so that you can make, you know, those things happen. So the first thing I did 
after my rookie year. Well, before my rookie year, me and my mom, we sat down and we talked. And, we, you know, I made a promise to her that once I got enough money that we would, we would, we would do a business together and, um, and do a hair salon because she had her own hair salon when we were in Maryland before we moved. She gave that up so we could relocate. And, and then, she, you know, she still was doing her thing and, and making her own schedule and working for herself as a uh, as a um, as a uh, beautician but um she wasn't able to to get her own salon back until I was able to get that money up to do it so um like I said after my rookie year I ended up tripling my contract and the next year when I when I when I um when me and her made that plan I put away most of my money that I made each month I, I set that aside and and we we uh used that money to start a business and we um we ended up starting a hair salon, and uh, my mother ran it along, and we named it after my sister, and it was kind of like a family business, you know what I'm saying? So that was my first legitimate business that I owned, and that was just my second year, um you know playing the ball overseas as professional. So from that point, you know for me it was like I, I didn't really care about making money off of it. I just wanted to make sure my mom and my sister were straight, and I just wanted to use that to learn as much as I could off of the business and just learning how to run a legitimate business in general and all the little, all the things that come along with it. So I was able to get that experience and learn from it and use that to, uh, to start other things and do other things on my own. And that's pretty much what I did. So um, from that point, um, you know, I, um, I gained a lot of confidence in myself. And I knew that, shoot, I did it at 20, 23 23 years old, there's no reason why I can't do something way bigger and better as I get older. And then as I got older, you know, I met the love of my life. We ended up getting married. We had a child and, um, you know, more responsibility on my end. And I just knew that the way I was raised and being around my grandparents and seeing their relationship and how he held the family down as an entrepreneur and took care of everybody in our, in our family. Anytime anyone needed something, they was able to go to him and get assistance, uh, whether it's financial or whether it's just, you know, just having a conversation and getting some guidance. I always wanted to be that person because I looked up to him in that light. And um, I knew that I would able, I would be able to mimic my father and gain, gain success in the career, gain more success in the career that he chose and be able to um, mimic my grandfather and gain success in the career that he chose and be that positive influence that the family needed um as well so that that like that, those are my goals as I got older you know when I started as a kid it's like I want to be like my dad I want to do what he does I want to do what he does and then as I got older and started to have a family um I direct an example of how a family should look it was my grandfather you know what I'm saying and my, and my grandmother they were together for so long and, and they held the family together so then as I got older and more mature it's like okay I need to be looking at him and watching him more and and, and revisiting some of the things that he taught me growing up and try to mimic what he does. And um, and that's pretty much what my motivation is, you know, just from seeing them two start businesses from scratch and feed their families off of it. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's already in me to do it. It's just a matter of me being focused and, and making it happen. So for anyone listening that's like maybe an overseas athlete, you know, they, they want to kind of build that, that generational wealth. They kind of want to build something that, that they can turn to after the game or just or, or help family back home have something that they can kind of do for themselves as well what will be your advice to them on how, maybe on how to start that journey or, or where to like or what to think about 
Um, well, I would say that the professional athlete, you have so much um, opportunity and so much access that normal people don't have. Um, it would be foolish for you to not take advantage of it and not develop relationships with people that can help you move farther in life. Um, you know, you're getting paid a good amount of money, enough to, to take care of yourself and possibly enough to take care of other people in your family as well. You know, I, I, I see a lot of athletes and I've played a part of it. I played a part in it as well. You know, we like to blow our money on things and just have fun um, because we know that, you know, if we're having a good career, then another check is going to come eventually. But um, it's bigger than that. You know, once you get older, you start to realize that once your career as a basketball is over, you still got a lot of life left over. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and the career of a basketball player is short-lived. So if you don't take advantage of the financial opportunities that you have, um, you'll have to start all over from scratch again once your career is over. And nobody wants to do that. So for me, um, if I can say anything to anyone who, who's listening and, and is interested in building generational wealth and is interested in, in, in building a legacy and making sure that they can retire comfortably and not have to work for anyone, or, or, or anything like that, I would say to really educate yourself and use that free time that you have as an athlete to, to, to read and study and try to find a mentor, someone who has experience in business and investing and really try to figure out that realm of life because, um, you know, the rich and wealthy people of the world, they're, they're really good at investing. They're really good at starting and running businesses. And um, it's all about equity and having having ownership and um, and making sure that you have something that you can pass um, on to your kids, on to your kids' kids, because, uh, you know, a nine to five, you can't really pass that on to anyone. So it's about ownership and it's about um, using your time wisely, using your resources wisely and, and not wasting too much time just, uh, you know, clubbing and, and, and going shopping and, and playing video games or whatever you do in your spare time. It's just, you know, you should make sacrifices now while you're young and while you're getting it so that you don't have to uh, make those same sacrifices when you're when you're retired and you don't have to start your life all over again. You can kind of, you know, put yourself in a position where you can actually maybe even um, um, have a better life than you had as a professional athlete because it's possible. I've seen it done before, and, you know, that's something that I'm trying to make happen for myself and my family now. Did Alice fire like that quote? Like, like you can't pass on a nine to five. Like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, like man. that's so true, man. Like you, you think about it, like you can't, you can't, you can't give your your job to your to your mom. You know, at, at, a, at a corporate job or a nine to five job, you can't just say, "Mom, here, take over for me." Or, you know, or, right. or, or my daughter can right. take over me. That. So I'm glad you said that. That's definitely good perspective on that. Yeah. So, are we kind of so where are you at now? So, what are you, so what are your what are your goals for this next chapter? As you continue to kind of grow as a business person, you know, and as an athlete, what are your next steps? Um. Well, my next steps. Um. I had I had a five year plan that I um, mapped out for myself uh, about two years ago. Um. And um, basically, what it is is me trying to really focus on using my my money and my experience as a professional athlete to open other doors for myself and make it so that I can um, gain enough passive income 
through investing and through business ownership that would uh, be able to to uh, cover all of my monthly expenses and make it so that I don't have to come out of pocket um, and use my basketball money to pay any of my bills. So that's my goal. It's kind of like a chess game that I'm trying to play right now. And, um, you know, just making sure I make the right, right moves and align myself with the right people, make the right investment and get the right returns so that I can get the passive income that I need. And when I say passive income, I'm talking about money that comes every month like clockwork from investments that you make that you don't necessarily have to work in. So if I, um, if I have a partnership with someone and, and we own a business together and that business is automated or my partner might, you know, be more hands-on with the business or we might hire or outsource someone to, to work in the business, whatever it may be, um, the income that we get from that money goes right into paying my, my, my personal expenses for my family. So um, for anyone that's listening, I would suggest if you're interested in it, the first thing you need to do is calculate exactly how much money you spend each month on bills and expenses. Once you get that number, then you take that number and figure out what type of investments you can make that can bring you those returns to cover all those expenses that you don't have to necessarily work. It could be stock market. It could be real estate. It could be, uh, you know, any, any type of other business, physical business, e-commerce online, whatever the case may be. There's just so many different revenue streams um, out there for you to, for you to discover and venture into that can help, you know, help you figure this out. And um, for me, I'm just trying to focus on things that I'm passionate about. Like I wrote a book, um, I wrote a book and I pretty much put my life experiences in that book and a lot of the things that I learned along this journey in that book. And through promoting that book, I'm able to sell that book and then get um, get royalties from, this, from those sales. And eventually um, the royalties that I would get from writing as an artist would be able to cover, cover some bills eventually. And then um, through that book, I also explained the other businesses that I've invested in and some of those different businesses, the cash flow that I get from those businesses would be devoted to my expenses as well. So um, the key is just to keep, keep your expenses low enough to where you can still enjoy your life and not be frugal to the point where you just miss out on everything fun, but um, keep your life enjoyable, but, but reasonable. And, and 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 make sure you don't add anything to it, but more so cut back when you need to, and make sure that you are making those investments that will bring the cash flow to cover each bill that you have, to the point where you can kind of just sit back, and not necessarily have to take a basketball job if you don't want to, or you know you you might have a little bit more leverage when it comes to negotiating a contract because you don't necessarily have to take a low ball offer that a team might get team might put on the table because you're not hurting as bad. You know, you can sit, you can sit back a little bit. And then from that point, if you do take a deal, you can, you can stash that money. You can stack it up. You can continue investing it, or you can, you could pass it, put it in a trust and pass it to your kids. You know, you got options. Every dollar is not dedicated to your bills now because you've made enough passive income to actually keep your money. And that's the plan. And I really wish that I would have known this early on in my career because I would have made a lot, a lot different decisions. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that I know now and I'm glad that I'm young enough to still continue to play and make, make a good amount of money to, um, to make this thing happen. So, again, you know, that's my five-year plan and I'm on year three now. 
So, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll finish my plan in, in, in a couple months. Maybe it'll take me five years. Maybe it'll take me 10. Who knows? But, you know, you definitely need to plan ahead and you definitely need to be strategic about what you want to do um, with this career and what you want to do with your life once this career is over with instead of just playing it by ear and, and, and just being in the here and now and, um, and not really paying attention to what, you know, what, what the future may hold. You definitely have to plan. Um, so that's, that's my advice to anyone who's listening, especially younger players. Um, you know, go out there, seek information, read, study. You know, there's podcasts now. There's audio books now. Um, there's a lot of information. You can go on YouTube and, and get educated. You can go to college on YouTube nowadays. You know what I'm saying? So um, for anyone that's listening, I would advise for you to use your time wisely. And just and, and just because you leave, you left college doesn't mean you can you have to, you know you stop learning. You definitely need to learn more and develop more and um, and make a better life for yourself and your family because we have an opportunity to make generate generational wealth as as athletes. And you see some of the things that LeBron James is doing. Obviously, he's making millions of dollars, but some of those same things can be done with guys who are making thousands. Um, you don't necessarily have to be the face of it all or own it all, you can be a partner, you can be an investor, and, and you can and you can still share ownership and have equity in some of the things that even he's doing. Um, and, and you know, it's you know, it's nothing as far fetched nowadays if you just align yourself with the right people and you um and you empower yourself and, and learn and learn different things. So that's that's what I have to give and that's what I'm trying to preach. And um, you know, and that's you know the the, the basis of my book a million wins that's out now on Amazon and, um, and, you know, this Kindle version, hard copy version is on iBooks as well. Um, and I would encourage people to go out there and, and purchase it and read it and, and just, and just help, um, help change, you know, change the, change the conversations in the locker rooms. Um, you know, cause we talk about a lot of nonsense sometimes. I think we okay. should be able to empower each other and, and help each other a lot more. Yo, man, I'm so glad you reached out because your your message is is not talked about enough. You know, like 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 we always talk about, you know, the grind on playing on the court. We always talk about the grind, or you know, of of getting the lifestyle. We don't talk about the grind about kind of keeping the lifestyle after we're done. You know, so like for me, yeah. I was a, I was a walk on, so I never I never got to that like that level of high that high level. You know, but I think like a lot of athletes. They don't. They don't hear enough from other athletes about. Yeah, man, I went. I I avoided the club and I started investing in the business. You don't hear enough about that, you know. So much. Right, right, right. For sure, for sure. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying your life and doing those things. I've done them, you know. But like I said, I probably would have. I probably would have uh, minimized it a little bit more and been more focused on other things um, early on if I would have known what I know now. Um, you know, I still have a lot of fun. I got a family now, so. Everything I do that's fun involves my family, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, that's how I roll. But, you know, back when I was single, I was out doing doing a lot of different things and, and spending money on useless things. Um, but, you know, I could have did both. I could have been invested in doing, you know, I, I did the thing with my mom, and I kind of took a break and, and didn't keep my foot on the gas after I made that investment. And I took a couple years off from, from, that, from that business. I was still learning but I wasn't expanding and, um, and it took me a few years. And once I got married and settled down a little bit more, that's when I really got back into it. So, 
you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I believe part of my purpose is to help open some, some people's eyes and, uh, and help bring bring value to a lot of players' lives off the court. So, you know, that, I, I think that's why I'm here. Perfect. So where are you at right now on social media? Any website thing we can kind of kind of plug right now? Yeah, um, Instagram, at a million wins um, on Instagram. Um, my website is uh, Um That's where you can purchase the book. Um, my YouTube page, I update. Um, I do videos. Sometimes I do motivational videos. Sometimes I might speak about um, some different strategies and things that players can use to help, you know, save money. And, you know, I, I, did a, uh, I did a live video and we talked about taxes, how to save money on taxes for international basketball players and things like that. I might, you know, do some updates like that. So if you just stay tuned and uh, follow me on Instagram and go to the website, you can get the book um, and you can just, you know, keep track of what I got going on and, and reach out to me anytime. You know, I do call some consultations as well for players who want to um, learn a little bit more about some of the things I speak about. Um, also have um partnership with the sports agency um as well uh that I have equity in and you know we help a lot of guys um I do a lot of consulting through that and then you know the agent that we work with um that that owns the company as well he he does a lot of the deals and he's more hands on with the contracts and stuff but I'm you know I do a lot of consultation and a lot of mentorship um with young players um and that's new level management group so you can follow them on Instagram as well new level mg and uh, and that's pretty much it, man. So, you know, follow up and um, reach out. You know, I'm always here. I always respond. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can help add value to, to players' lives on and off the court if possible. And uh, and I hope I'm able to do that. Fire, fire. Because I think your story can inspire another athlete that, that wants to be what you know for everything I'm on. For sure, man. Yeah, that's, that's that's definitely good that you're actually staying staying in the loop and helping guys, you know, look at things from a different perspective because it kind of seems like, you know, the mainstream or whatever you want to call it always puts athletes in a certain light and you never really get to hear a different side of the story. You know, you never really get to hear too much about the guy who was shooting for something and got hurt and decided to go a different route but still is helping um, athletes, you know, help each other or or uh you know usually hear a story about a guy who you know comes from the projects one one mom you know what i'm saying single parent home and he makes it and then takes it. you know it's like you kind of just hear the same story over and over again so i'm glad i'm having a conversation with someone who they you know yeah. could tell a story from a different perspective and you know that's that's kind of what it is and especially for me being an overseas athlete we hear a lot about the nba guys we don't really hear too much about the overseas guys, you know. So, you know, I'm thankful to have that have this opportunity to, to share it with you. And um, and I'm glad we could, you know, have this conversation. I appreciate you, my man, because, you know, like, like we all are LeBron, but you can be LeBron without being LeBron, you know. You, you can be a, a smaller athlete and still have an impact on, on a legacy, you know. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, well, I, I don't know all your day. So I appreciate you coming on. And we'll never be in touch then. Sure, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With a Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.